Brick Moon Fiction presents Let's Get Small by Eli Edelson. Narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle. Death is harder and harder to come by these days. I should say a particular brand of death. Murder is still a thing, of course. Ubiquitous, blunt, obvious murder. Almost all violent crimes are successfully investigated, given the technology out there. Let's say a blitzed-out pharma thug stabs his wife. All the authorities need to find him is a nanogram portion of one of his cells. Then we enlarge and replicate, using technology I developed, until we have enough of his DNA. Then we send out the swarm, like the St. Hubert bloodhounds of old, and they'll find him before he's even sobered up and returned to his own bleak reality. No, I'm talking about the seemingly natural yet tragically premature sort of death, the kind that allows you to shape the future and get away with it, especially if you subscribe to the great man theory of history. I'm rambling. Given that I'm about to be murdered myself, I should take the extra effort to make a clear point. Forgive me, communication is not my strong suit. I prefer to avoid people, avoid bumbling conversations. I would rather mold my thoughts into concrete technological form, to alchemize ideas into things that serve a purpose, not words and simple syntax. Jesus, words. But words are all I'm left with in this moment. They might be inside me already, breaking me apart, unlinking the very walls of my being. Best not to think about it. Allow me to start again. There are only a few constants of human nature. I don't need to run through them because you should already know the deal. If you don't, you'll find out one way or the other. The two constants that concern me are violence and invention. Humans dole out violence to themselves. This is written sacrosanct in the DNA. Chimpanzees were our trailblazing forerunners, organizing troops against each other, coordinated wars that lasted generations and regularly featured cannibalism and infanticide. There's still a few of those great apes left, I hear, hidden in private compounds for the entertainment of their bored owners. I would have liked to see one, I admit. Anyways, you know the story. We invented language and tools. And fast forward a bit and you'll find yourself in the now. A world in which everything we need to survive is provided for, at little cost to us, and yet still we continue to invent. We drive forward. This too is woven in our blood. I am an inventor, as hopefully you've gathered by now. I will not tell you my name because it is not worthy of remembrance. But my invention most certainly is. Of course, they won't say it's my invention, part of the contract. Given more time, I'd happily divulge every detail about it, but I don't have that kind of time. My subcutaneous LIDAR system is finally up and running. Its scans tell me I have three to four foreign agents inside the bloodstream in my left arm. I wonder if they're heading towards the heart or the head. Keep calm and carry on, as they used to say. Those Brits. Shame about what happened with the ocean currents, and the nation's system generally before my time. My closed circuit tells me the troop is arriving outside my property now. Looks to be about ten of them. Regular-sized humans, of course. All accounted for. No weaponry on them. How polite. And right on time, too. Better let them in. So, the invention. It's been dubbed the nanoscope by my sponsors. My overlords, more specifically. This is a ridiculous nickname, but I don't have control over these sorts of things. It can get an adult human down to about 12 angstroms tall. To give you a sense, 12 angstroms is the width of a small strand of DNA. Take a moment to imagine the possibilities. No, seriously. Because by the time this message is disseminated globally, my death will no doubt already be in the info circuits. 
but they'll have kept anything relating to my technology a complete secret. But it does exist, and it is in use. It's part of your reality now, and you deserve to know. I'm opening the door to them now and beckoning them inside. The CEOs. Four SVPs, three devious-looking scientists, and two bodyguards. I can't help but laugh on seeing those last two, since the practice of guarding a body has become obsolete if you think about it. They all smile at me. I am the bringer of fortune and they won't have to deal with me much longer. Oh, the LIDAR's telling me they went for the brain, after all. Smart choice. Most people don't think of it like this, but cancer is a disease of luxury. In the natural state, chimpanzees and all that, creatures don't usually live long enough for their body to start defecting. Starvation, evisceration, infections and viruses and mind-controlling fungi, these are things most creatures worry about if they have the ability to worry at all. Most of them go along, just following the tracks laid down in their genes, until a nasty, sometimes quick but usually slow, death sneaks up on them and sinks its teeth into their Achilles tendon. But we continue to drive forwards, yes? You, the average company member, might still fear a death by natural glitching, as I like to call it, heart issues and cancer and all that. But the men standing in front of me right now, the incomparable power at their fingertips, they can overcome just about anything with a day of proper cyanotherapy. And yet, take a look at the past couple of weeks' info circuits. The CEO of DWI Megacorp fell by a sudden-onset acute Addison's disease. Kidneys went right out the window before he even had a chance to be diagnosed. What a tragedy. The chairman of North American Charter, LLC, she had a devastating stroke. Two board members from Agricultural Bank of the Amazon went down at the latest shareholders' retreat, and they're still figuring out what happened there. Some new form of accelerated pancreatic cancer, perhaps. Now that they're able to rearrange DNA and encourage our oncogenes to throw caution to the wind, well, it's dealer's choice. I'm no geneticist, mind you. I just developed the tech. But they've used it to achieve undetectable murder. By the time the illness is identified, it's far too late. A natural freak death akin to a windowpane flying off a building and killing a commuter below. I read about that once, a long, long time ago in a place called Chicago. Before it was a tropical biome, people actually froze to death on the streets. They were homeless, as I understand it. Anyways, these window panes flew off a huge building there. They traveled like Siths dropped by angels of death from the heavens down to the street. No one questions a window tossed from the heavens. But for your own good, I tell you. Start looking up. I'm pouring them drinks now. Rye for the executives, gin for the scientists. Bodyguards stay sober. The CEO is talking about my value to the company. They'll be naming a workers' complex after me. They believe they're warming me into a false sense of comfort, as if their gray matter can hope to contend with mine. Just because they control continents and billions of employees, they think they have surpassed my abilities. Speaking of gray matter, it seems their foreign agents have found a place to rest inside my cranium. I'd guess they're planning on a stroke. Or perhaps a hypergrowth tumor. I was rather hoping for something more original. Here, I'll stop filtering now. Let you get it right from the source. This is the CEO. All our departments are thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. The Materiomics Division thinks we'll be able to blow our competitors out of the water. Land, sky, and space too, for that matter. Nanotransport will probably become our biggest earner. On the other side of it, our bio team will use the nanoscope to put our hospitals ahead of the pack. The list is endless. I don't mean to bore you. I'm sure you've considered everything already. 
This is me about to speak now. Please pardon the nasal quality of my voice. Absolutely, sir. And let me just say, sir, how honored I am that you chose to visit me personally to discuss next steps. The boss has never been one to shy away from bloodshed. Looking into his eyes now, which are wide and reddish-brown like clay, I can tell he likes to witness the transition from life to death up close. When you achieve a zenith of power, there's only so much that can entertain you anymore. Or so I'd imagine. His eyes are younger than the rest of his body, and they rove constantly as he speaks. You've earned it, my boy. We'll blue sky it all together. Big, big plans. But first, there's something we need to discuss. I'll let senior applicator get into the nitty-gritty. LIDAR tells me the foreign agents are sending signals out from the prefrontal cortex region. They're awaiting orders, is my guess. Be patient, my friends. Be patient. The senior applicator, our highest-ranking scientist, regards me like a mildly intriguing specimen, like she's deciding whether to simply observe me in a petri dish or maybe pour a little acid on me to see what happens. I bet she'll call me Junior Architect. That's technically my title, but I find it rather demeaning, considering I've done more for the company than she ever will. Junior Architect, your contribution is much appreciated. We foresee sundry applications and versatile purposes. Isn't that what Chief Executive Officer just said in so many words? An interruption of a senior officer, accompanied by a snide remark. An incarcerable offense, but I couldn't help it. If I'm going out of this world, I'm going to enjoy myself at least a little bit. The senior applicator looks back to the CEO to see how he wants to proceed. He smiles again, his eyes no longer roving but fixed upon me. The applicator understands this to mean, pardon him, for now. Indeed, he said it far more eloquently than I. Let me get to the point, then. In order to begin our sundry applications, we must first ensure that the product is reliable. During our R&D trials of your technology, we've encountered no problems with the minimization process, but normalization has proved problematic. Test subjects are arrested in nanoproportions. Nothing about my work is problematic, let me assure you. Anything I shrink can damn well be returned to normal whenever I please. But like I said, allow me to have my fun for a little longer yet. That's most distressing news, senior applicator. Please don't judge too harshly. Allow me to redeem myself and fix this problem so you can get on with your sundry applications. In your esteemed opinion, what do you think's preventing normalization? The CEO's eyes are stuck on me now. I can't say I like it. There's a reason this man has headed up the third largest corporation in the world for two decades now. He sees things that even I can't see. But he allows the senior applicator to continue. We have a list of the potential flaws in your work. Likely it has to do with your quantum computing. Likely, you say. As in you are not entirely sure, senior applicator? Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds as though you're asking for my help. She stuttered. The senior applicator stuttered. Very much accidentally, a smile broke across my face. The chief executive leans forward with a hulking curvature as he downs his whiskey. His eyes flick to the bodyguards for a moment before homing in on me again. One of the men removes a tablet from his pocket. This must be how they communicate with the foreign agents inside my brain. My time is short. The chief stands, approaches me. Enough of this, boy. You're wasting my time now. You have the fix to our issues or not. If you don't, that's one thing. There may be some options for you. If you do, then you're contractually obligated to deliver it. Now. If I was a betting man, I'd say you know how to solve this. Already knew. 
were just waiting for us to ask. He's close to me now, his breath perfectly pleasant, cooler than you might imagine, despite the alcohol. A perfectly calibrated human. I'd rather not deal with him much longer, so I meet him halfway. You're on the money, sir. I do indeed know. There's a rather labyrinthine code virus in the technology that's preventing successful normalization. I wrote it myself. His eyes deaden. He hasn't given the signal to his hired killers yet, so I keep talking. I wanted to see how you would apply the invention before allowing you full control. It's astounding, really. Before you could even master its power, you were using it to commit murder. It's like Prometheus gave you a flame and the first thing you do is immolate your fellow man. Well, I'm not letting you keep your little fire. I'm struggling to control my breath now, the full reality of the situation setting in. My work is meant to further our world, not return it to a state of barbarism. The chief executive officer smiles, paternally. His hand moves to my shoulder. How do you think this corporation came into such incredible power in the first place? And would we have been able to give you the resources to further our world otherwise? Two sides of the same coin, my boy. So why don't you do your job so we can do ours, huh? I'm sweating now, gulping air. I hand him a small chip. This'll solve all your issues. He smiles passes it to the senior applicator who immediately uploads it to the corporate cloud base. The chief turns back to me. That wasn't so hard, was it? I smile. My work almost complete. No, it really wasn't. Sir, given that you're a betting man, what odds would you put on me living through the end of this conversation? He laughs. A nice warm bellow. I made the chief executive laugh. You're a smart one, boy. Real smart. He turns those clay eyes towards the bodyguard with the tablet. The man nods and sends the signal. LIDAR tells me there's movement. My guess is they've begun synthesizing the blockage that will lead to my lethal stroke. They don't need me anymore. I'm just a rebellious little liability. Sir, I have to say, sometimes it's better to lose the coin altogether. How's that? The coin. Violence and invention. Maybe we all need to stop moving forward. Painfully, hacking our way into the future at all costs. Maybe we just need to float on the current for once. The senior applicator gasps as she receives a transmission. Sir, that wasn't a solution for the code virus. It read like one, but when our team tried to validate it... What the fuck are you saying, applicator? The nanoscope has self-terminated. And not just the nanoscope... The CEO grabs me. What have you done, junior architect? I dropped the coin, sir. I don't think we'll miss it. At least for a little while. I feel the beta particles starting to prickle my skin. Right on schedule. It's time to get small. To reduce us all to dead particles, tinier than a single cell. The radiation will cut through my weak, soft human skin and ensure the nano-assassins experience the same fate as me. As the CEO the rest of his troop. None of us deserve to live any longer. You'll receive this long before the authorities enter the property and discover the bodies. I'm ending direct transmission now. Filtering again. The poor apes try to speak, try to scream, as their skin turns bright red and ruptures. But they can't. Most of us just go along, following the tracks laid down in our genes, until death sneaks up on us. I'm asking you, one and all, to step off the tracks. 
Put your feet on unmarked sand. Well, all right. That's it for me. At least it's quick. Eli Edelson's passion for writing began in the form of flash fiction while studying English at the University of Chicago. The school awarded him the Napier-Wilt Prize for Finest Creative Thesis, and his collection of stories was subsequently published in Euphony Literary Journal. After working in the NYC film scene for a few years, Eli moved to Los Angeles to pursue TV writing. He worked as a writer's assistant in drama showrooms on Netflix and TNT before becoming a staff writer on Freeform's new show Motherland, Fort Salem. His other recent work includes a digital scripted series and two feature screenplays commissioned by independent producers, as well as video essays for the digital channel Gamma Ray and freelance podcast episodes for Parcast and Brick Moon Fiction. In addition to developing one-hour drama TV, he has also developed a mixed-media docuseries that explores mental health. Eli's goal is to always tackle new ways to structure and present unique stories that resonate with a wide audience through indelible characters. This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.